Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Ah, the Postathon continues on. It's not over. It was a big day yesterday, but it continues. Go to postathon.com to find out how you can contribute. And of course, you can still go to any Smart and Final store or any Wendy's restaurant in SoCal. Donate through Sunday, December 4th. And as always, drive up and drop off pasta sauce donations. The Anaheim White House restaurant, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. through Friday. All of your donations goes directly to Katarina's Club. Every day, there's a new story coming out of uh, this Idaho murder situation where those four college students were stabbed to death. Every day, the police and the prosecutor has a new idea. A so, new idea. Uh, maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Wait, whatever we said yesterday? No, we have another idea today. And uh, we're going to talk to Alex Stone because uh, he knows. ABC <laughs> News. Alex? You know, there's a new idea every day, but no new information every day. Now, nothing mm. has changed in two and a half weeks that, that police say evidence-wise they actually have. And then there is no suspect, no motive, no murder weapon, and we're where we were uh, two and a half weeks ago. But today, the the thing is that, you know, from the beginning, they've said this was a targeted attack. The, the four college uh, students who were murdered, initially circumstantial, no forced entry, knife attacks are typically personal. Then they indicated they had evidence. They wouldn't say what it was, but had evidence uh, going down that road. Today, the, the lead prosecutor said, well, maybe the victims were not targeted. Maybe the home was targeted. Now, I don't know how that works, <laughs> that, that you tar- that? don't target the people who you murder. You want to kill a home. <laughs> yeah, but you just randomly go into that home, no matter what, who's in there. What did, what did, did they explain what that means? Well, here's what he told News Nation. He said this. It seems like the word targeted has had different... Um, 
different understandings for different people who are listening and, and perhaps isn't the best word to use. Uh, the bottom line is whoever's responsible <laughs> for this is still at large. Uh, that can't be changed. Uh, my understanding is the investigators believe that whoever's responsible um, was specifically looking at this particular residence. Okay, so we happen to sit down with his uh, first one-on-one -on -one interview today that he's done about the murders with the Moscow Police Chief James Fry and said, was it targeted? What do you think? I'm going to stand by what we've said all along. We believe this is a targeted attack. We believe that... Um, with the information that we have from the investigation, and we can't reveal that, right? I know everybody wants to know that information, but we can't reveal that right now. But I maintain that um, we still believe this was a targeted attack. But he won't say what targeted means, if it was the home or the people in it, how they now, why they believe that, because he is refusing to give out anything that they know, evidence, theory, uh, any road that they're going down just uh, shuts the door on all of it two and a half weeks almost three weeks later one of the the dads of the his daughter was killed in these murders he's questioning if moscow police are up to the task if a <laughs> case is going to go cold if they know what they're doing he wants to know if his daughter was targeted because there's been rumors that she had a stalker they've investigated that they say they don't see anything with that they're still looking into it but that they, they don't see it going down that road and to the families and to that father, the, the chief saying, you know, we, we are continuing our investigation and they just need to hopefully trust that. I understand as a dad, I'm a dad, I understand his wanting to know that. I understand that he would um, need to know that. And someday um, we're going to let everybody know what we know. But right now it is crucial to us to maintain the integrity of that. He says everything goes through him, that he is the lead on the case, that Idaho State Police and the FBI are there to help, to assist his small police department, but they are in charge and they're leading the, the investigation. Um, he became rather emotional during the interview, cried through much of it uh, using tissues, wipe away tears, saying... No, you uh, take pride. We love what we do. They're passionate about that. They're passionate about what they do. Yeah, he but says, are they good at it? Well, he says his department is adequately trained, that they're doing a phenomenal okay. job right now. Except they have not had a murder in Moscow in over seven years. Right. So how are they adequately changed? Well, he says they constantly go to training and, and all of that. He says they will solve this. Training's we, not the real world, though. You're right. And uh, he says that, that they, he believes, are doing a phenomenal job and that they, they're going to get to the end of it. And... That, uh, that they don't need anybody else to take it over and that they're getting the help from the FBI and Idaho State Police, but it is theirs uh, unless he gives it up at some point. We, uh, we also asked him, though, small college town. Look, we've all, many of us went to college in a small college town. You know the rumors are everywhere. Everybody knows what's going on. And this is a really small college town in, in Moscow. The whodunit. How is that still a mystery? How does nobody, nobody saw what was going on, knew about a rift that was going on, any of that? And he told us this. That's a pretty good question. But that's why we continue doing what we do. That's why we continue to take oh, tips. Boy. And that's why we're going to continue to push through this investigation. Those, those are not answers. Uncover that secret. <laughs> those are not answers. And, and when we do, um, it'll, be a, it'll be one of those days that... Um, a lot of relief will come to our community. Okay, but is that going to be tomorrow, or is that going to be <laughs> in like six months? I, and, uh, I'm looking up Moscow's 2021 crime report. No murders, no negligent manslaughters, no rapes, no robberies. 
He says what? typically what they deal with are noise complaints and dog complaints. Uh, <laughs> he said that they go on calls that a lot of larger departments refuse to go on uh, because they have the time to do it. And that in, in Moscow, his uh, idea is that you start with the small things and then they don't become major. Uh, didn't work in this case. Uh, but... Um, he says he can't shut it off. They uh, out of his mind that he's constantly thinking about it. They've got a vigil coming up tonight in about an hour, and he admits the killer could be in the crowd tonight. They're going to have police, but they don't know who it is, so they they wouldn't know that. The families have said, at least one of the families, that they can't have a funeral yet for their daughter who has been cremated or a memorial service because they're afraid that the the killer will come and attend that memorial service, and until somebody is caught. They don't want to have it. So they say that they can't grieve yet until they get justice. Only yesterday did investigators go and impound the victims' cars that were parked outside of the home almost three weeks later, covered in snow. He said uh, the timing on that is they just got around to it right now, that they've been doing other things. And so they towed them away, and now the lab is going to look uh, internally in those vehicles. See, there's probably not any evidence pointing to the killer in those, but they're going to look. Um, hopefully it's all inside the vehicle that they need because the outside uh, was completely covered in snow. But look, he says they've got a lot of a lot of work left to do, and uh, it's not going to be quick. You remember Boulder, Colorado botched up the John Benet Ramsey case? That's where case. I went to school, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, John Benet Ramsey, all of that. Yeah, it, uh, and I still... They, they only, uh, maybe three weeks ago, talked about they're putting together a cold case task force on that. They still have no idea. 26 years later. Yeah. But they don't know. Now, the Idaho State Police and the FBI are also a part of this investigation? Yeah, they're assisting. And, and he made that point, that he is in charge, and they do what his department wants them to do to help out. But but it's his case, and they're helping out. So who tells him he's, he's, he's screwing it up? You know, I, I, maybe at some point an attorney general could do uh, something like that in Idaho and say they got to take it away. But until then, uh, he says they're investigating. He says that they are doing an adequate job. Um, he admits <laughs> that, that early on that he bungled the uh, the public uh, messaging of it. He says they don't have what most police departments have who deal with us, a public information officer. He says they've never had a need for one and that he admits that he didn't he wasn't open enough that they're about the basics of the murder early on he says uh, he owns that um but he says that they are doing what every investigator whether it be moscow police or the lapd would do to find a killer and he says that in the end that they, they're going to find that man or woman they're just not there yet all right thank you very much alex you got it thanks guys alex stone abc news for kfi been following the murders of these four university of idaho students since it happened two and a half weeks ago they already? say first 48 hours are the most important Otherwise, a case could go cold. This guy took over 48 hours just to figure out he didn't know what he was doing. Now, the word targeted, which we talked about a lot in that report with Alex. See, that that's a word you use to reassure the community. Because people are thinking, wow, this is just a random serial killer. But they, the word targeted made people think, right. all right, personal. whoever killed them wanted to kill just them. I may be safe. Right. It's a personal attack. Private, Whoever uh, went there really wanted to kill the house. Doesn't matter who's in it, but there were people in it, so he killed them. I don't get that part about targeting yeah. the house. Did you see this prosecutor's photo? Yes, the bearded guy. Mountain Man beard. beard. Yeah. Does he look like he's cracking a case? The, Bill Thompson is his name. Yeah. All right, when we come back, could it have been the work of a crazed incel? Could it be a man who describes himself as socially awkward? Jeremy Reagan was interviewed. He's a third-year law student who lives nearby this house where the students were killed, and apparently the online detectives 
were fingering him as a possible suspect. Yeah. He decided to speak to Court TV. We'll play you some of the interview. He, Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And there's one line he says which would make you think that a house can be targeted. Oh, okay. We'll talk when we come back. We'll have another Postathon update coming up at 5.05. We'll see what the new numbers look like for this year's Postathon. And we'll talk to Mark from the Auto Insurance Specialist. Of course, they've been a longtime donor to the Postathon. And they've got a little matching offer to make as far as the Postathon is concerned. So we'll talk about all that at 5.05 on the Johnny Ken Show. We're still talking about the Idaho College student murders. Really, nothing is changing. I mean, they grabbed the cars of the students to see if they could dust them. They've a report this afternoon that the first lab reports have come back from evidence collected at the scene, but they're not talking much about what was found in those reports. Obviously, blood, any fingerprints, things like that. Uh, do you want it to play this prosecutor? Because you said he says something about targeting the house. Is that what you said before the break? No, no. Um, it, it's this Jeremy Reagan oh, guy. Oh, the, the weird neighbor. Okay. Yeah, this is the guy who says he's socially awkward, and so he's coming across in, in television interviews. And it's making people feel uncomfortable, and so all these amateur internet boobs who think they cracked the case, are pointing at Reagan. And Reagan's saying, you know, his life is turned upside down. Yeah, he he's a neighbor, and he has done some interviews. He talked about how it was a party house. So, yes, the amateur detectives saw him on TV and doing these interviews and decided there's something off about him. Apparently he had some sort of a black bandage on his hand, and they thought, aha! See? <laughs> One of the victims resisted him, and he cut himself, and there you go. They always do that in TV with murder cases. Well, yeah. The, Why do you have that cut on your hand? The quote is, and this where you get that bruise? That's what these conspiracy freaks do. Here's one on Twitter. Why is Jeremy Reagan wearing a black bandage on his left hand? I'm not accusing him, but that's just strange. <laughs> no, you are accusing him. You just don't have the guts to say so. He also doesn't blink when he says, "No, I went to bed." Just strange. He doesn't I guess he was asked blink. about what he was doing that night at that time, I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah, and then another said Reagan might be guilty because many perpetrators in the past have inserted themselves into the investigation or did a bunch of media interviews about the killings. And that, this guy yes. is doing just that, and that's one of my many predictions on this case. I like that angle. Yeah, sometimes they do show up, right? Like the family's concerned that the killer might show up at a funeral or a memorial for one of the girls killed. Now, See? Here's and now the, having this vigil tonight, who's showing up to that? Now, here's here's the thing that made me suspicious about him, and I haven't seen his. <laughs> this quote, there were parties that were kind of loud, talking about the house. And as I would take my dog in and out to go to the bathroom, I would just be walking by, and I would look up and I would see people in the windows almost every night, probably four or five nights a week. Now, he says he's socially awkward. So I have a feeling there's no parties at his place, and he's not getting invited across the street and that's the kind of thing that could burrow inside a psycho guy's mind it's like they're up there having all that fun they got all these pretty girls over there and i'm here alone with my dog oh i see right see? so the house has long been a party house right you could work up anger over it and he's about had it so have you seen him I, i'm looking at a picture of him uh, he's a bearded guy he's a third year law student uh he went on court tv uh, he says he's also been interviewed by uh, police officials. Uh, here's what he said uh, to Court TV, part of it. So, yeah, apparently I'm famous on the Internet now for something that I didn't do. Uh, about people just 
basically comparing me to Daniel or Stephen McDaniels, and then just going through all of my social media history, just finding posts from a decade ago, and just saying, oh, it must be him, obviously it's him, he's done interviews, why else would he do these if he didn't do it, he wants to be close to the crime scene. I didn't do it, I have nothing to hide, I'm willing to give DNA, fingerprints, whatever they need, but yeah, it's just, it's just upsetting being compared to a murderer when I didn't do anything. I'm naturally an awkward person, um, just my mannerisms, the way I talk. A lot of things have been online about, oh, when he was talking, he went from present tense to past tense in one of his sentences, um, <laughs> partly because everyone corrects themselves when they're talking. And so just my natural person, I'm just a little bit socially awkward, so I might smile at points that I shouldn't. I might make weird hand movements when I shouldn't, stuff like that. And so people have sort of keyed into that and said, oh, he's a weirdo, he must be this killer. And so it's just stuff like that. And so, plus I think it's the amount of interviews I've done because I have a problem saying no. Because if, if it's not gonna hurt me physically or financially, I might as well help someone. Um, I was home, I was asleep. Um, I went to bed around 11.30ish that night. And so I didn't see or hear anything. I'm... Correct, yeah, I didn't know any of them. Um, I had seen them just walking around when I would take my dog out. So I would recognize them, but I didn't actually know their names because I just don't stop and introduce myself to people. Um, as I had mentioned in one of the other interviews, I usually carry a weapon on me now, whereas I didn't used to when I moved up to Moscow, um, just because it was such a safe community. Oh, there he is. Uh, Stephen McDaniel, who we referenced there at the beginning of that, mm -hmm. is serving a life sentence after pleading guilty to murdering a woman in the year 2011 in Georgia. Well, who came up with that one? I, did he look like him, or did he remind them people uh, of? Uh, yeah, I don't know. These these. I had to look up this killer he mentioned these, there. These the internet beginning. obsessives. Yeah, they have a. They all have an encyclopedia of information on other killers and mystery cases. Yeah, he apparently uh, scattered her remains over trash cans. He was a very ghoulish killer. What was his name? Stephen McDaniel. McDaniel's. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he is creepy looking. Matter of fact, he was just in the news a month or two ago because he's appealing his plea bargain conviction. So he wants his case heard again. Yes. Oh, he's got Stephen McDaniel, eyes. the monstrous murderer who butchered his ex-classmate. Oh, my God. He's got crazy eyes. He killed Laura Giddings, and uh, she was strangled and dismembered, and he scattered her body parts in trash cans around Macon, Georgia. Mm. I don't remember this story. It was 2011, but... Uh, Clearly, this came up with this uh, Jeremy Reagan when uh, he was interviewed here. I guess somebody was comparing him to that guy. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Plenty to come in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll give you the update on the Postathon numbers. That's still going on. Postathon.com. Don't forget Smart and Final and Wendy's. It's good through Sunday that you can donate to the Postathon. We'll also update you on the border. A couple of stories. The U.S. Supreme Court is hearing a case challenging the Biden administration's deportation policies. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about what Mexico did, tisk tisk to Venezuelans who were camped out there waiting to get into the United States. Just no regard for migrants. I... Well, guess who spoke today, John? SBF. SBF is Sam Bankman-Fried, with the hyphen between Bankman no, and Fried. Sam Bankman-Fraud. He changed his name. Oh, I like that. Yeah. He founded the company called FTX, the crypto exchange, which, of course, declared bankruptcy this month, wiping out billions 
of investor dollars. Surprisingly, he showed up at an event called DealBook. DealBook is a financial news service reporting on mergers, acquisitions, venture capital, and hedge funds, which is produced by the New York Times. So he went to the DealBook Summit and he spoke. And clearly he was asked questions about, well, here's one quote. I, I've had a bad month. I guess that was supposed to be funny. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, you know, how stupid is this guy? You can't talk when there's going to be charges filed against you. He said his lawyers told him not to. What a dumb sack. I mean, just... We have a minute to play. Here it is. And at the end of the day, I, I was CEO of FTX. And that means whatever happened, whatever it happened, I had a duty. I had a duty to all of our stakeholders, to our customers, uh, our creditors. I had a duty to our employees, to our investors, and, and to the regulators of the world. Uh, to do right by them, to make sure the right things happen to the company. Blah, blah, and, blah, blah, uh, blah. Clearly, I didn't do a good job of that. Um, clearly, I um, I made a lot of mistakes or, or things I would give anything to be able to do over again. Um, I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone. I, I was excited about the prospects of FTX a month ago. Um, I saw it as a thriving, growing business. I was shocked by what happened this month. And, you know, reconstructing it, I, where are there things I wish I had done differently? You know, some sort of cartoonist. Did he suck some helium in? I I don't know. He's he's probably one of these weird freaks who's on the spectrum, and uh, he's um, he runs FTX, and it's helpful to remember what he did. Hmm. He secretly moved ten billion dollars of customer money from FDX to a sister company called Alameda Research. Which and, was, at the time, run by his girlfriend. Right. He had a special back door that was coded into their computer system so that he could take out the $10 billion and it wouldn't show up to anyone else scrutinizing the mm. books. And then a billion of that money has disappeared. And he's in the Bahamas... And there's hardly any regulation over this sort of activity. In fact, there's not that much regulation here in the United States, but there's next to nothing in the Bahamas. So stop with, uh, you know, I, I, you know, there was no intent here. I, I wish I handled things differently. You took $10 billion out secretly. You set up a system where nobody would see it. It goes to your girlfriend's company. And then a billion dollars evaporates. Stop it. Even $550 million got transferred from FTX after the bankruptcy filing. Yeah. Bankman-Fried said, well, there's many possibilities, including improper access of assets. It sounds like someone stole it. If it's not him, then who is it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one of his nine buddies that he's having sex with um, in that uh, penthouse. He tried to make it very clear that his parents bear no responsibility for the downfall of FTX and the trading arm that John mentioned, Alameda Research. Anyone close to me, including my parents and employees and coworkers who fought with this company to push forward, they were hurt by this. They bore no responsibility Look, for that. He, I feel really bad about it. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great manipulator because he, had, he admitted this. He talked this woke game to other crypto investors and to politicians, Democratic politicians largely in Washington. 
that he just wanted to do good. So he was speaking wokies to everybody, and he admitted he did that. It was a sham. It's just that that's what you do when you're trying to impress people in, in, in this circle. Because all the other people in, in tech and in crypto, they're all woke, too. And all the politicians that you're trying to get you get to grease your system, they're woke. So you, you, you give him all the happy talk. He didn't mean any of it. He didn't care. And he's already admitted this. He's a fraudster. He puts on personas. He has these vague, complicated explanations. It's not complicated. You stole the money. Money was there. And it disappeared. Who yeah, else people stole? Are, people are surprised that he's doing this many interviews. Oh, I think he's an He's idiot. been out there apologizing. He's still tweeting. He's uh, DMing people. He's giving recorded interviews. It's like, why? Because uh, he's an idiot. Really, he's an idiot. They always try to make these tech and crypto guys to be some kind of geniuses. geniuses. And maybe they have a very, very narrow aptitude, but the rest of their brain is useless. I mean, there's no point in even talking to him. And He's I got no talk- sympathy for the people who gave him their money anyway. I mean, what, what the hell's wrong with you? He thinks there's still a way to get money back to customers. A way. It's either there or it's not there. What is this way? There's still a way to fly to the moon. Yeah, I guess there is a way to fly to the moon. But uh, you're talking about a way to get the money? It's, are they, it's in the account? No, the accounts are showing zero. Okay, so what's your way? He says, I think I have just one working credit card left. My net worth, am I allowed to say a negative number? I have $100,000 in my bank account the last time I checked. Yeah, and that's probably stolen. He, uh, yeah. Exactly. You know, I hate, I just can't stand this whole BS era we're in, the BS industry, just everything. Whether it's politicians, corporate guys, crypto guys, tech guys, Everything is BS. Everything is public relations nonsense. Nobody's believing anything. Nobody is believing anything they say. Nobody even cares what they say as long as it gives them a momentary advantage. No. He's just he's just part of the garbage of this era. Yeah, what we found out about this company, it, it says here it had no corporate controls. Apparently it didn't even have a board. Um it didn't have any trustworthy financial information, according to the new CEO who took over after the bankruptcy. It was just horrible the, record keeping. The new just C- a fat slob in the Bahamas. The new CEO took over. He's the guy who spent 14 years unraveling the Enron. Hey, right, right. That's uh, John J. Ray is okay. his name. Right, and this guy says, "I've never seen anything like this." This is the Enron guy. Or the guy who had to unravel Enron. Enron's He's a going, scam. So oh, I... man, I thought Enron was bad. Oh. <laughs> All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll be talking Postathon after 5 o'clock with brand new totals. We'll have a guest from the auto insurance specialist, longtime donors to Postathon, and an offer to match donations. You'll find out the details of that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Well, you know what? It took me 40 minutes to finally cement this in my head. And that was the claim by the Idaho prosecutor that maybe the people in the house who were murdered in Idaho were not targeted, but the house was. Mm-hmm. Well, you figured this out? I did, but 
that it could be a get off my lawn man who was tired of that house being a party house, which apparently it had been for years rented by college students. Oh, I see. Who finally just blew that night, went over there and said, I've had it with these noisemakers, these idiots. Because they came home at one or two in the morning. A couple were at a party. A couple went to a bar and a food truck. So maybe they were all feeling giddy and And, making noise. And he just said, that's it. And if that's going on several nights a week, which is what? For years, perhaps. Well, yeah. Who knows how many years that's been rented out to college students. what else are you going to do in Moscow, Idaho? Well, what do you mean, what else are you going to do? Well, I mean, there's there's nothing oh, to not do. Oh, not a lot for a college student to sure, do. Sure, right? that's not a like, weird place. Like being in a big city, right? There's, there's only 25,000 people. There's probably, you know, five bars and a, and a few restaurants. Yeah. And you just – and oh, in fact, I heard one of the uh, students, a girl, said um, how scared she is right now. And, and she says it gets dark early here. So she walks home from college, and it's already getting dark, and it makes her afraid. And I thought, wow, I could see why they drink so much because, I mean, it probably gets dark at at 4 o'clock or earlier when when you go that far north. I know in in Seattle it gets dark at about 3. Wow. So um, there's not much to do. And, uh, you know, everybody acts crazy when they're 20 anyway. So maybe it is somebody in the neighborhood just got, got fed up with it. Tired of all those noisy damn college students. I'm That's tired right. of that house. I've had it. Yeah, fornic- Give me my hunting knife. Yeah. They're, they're, Going over there. They're drinking. They're fornicating. Wouldn't that be a twist rather than this whole idea that it was sort of a frustrated incel or romantic stalker? Mm-hmm. Or a, yeah. That'd be a twist if that's <laughs> who did it. You, you, know, you know what's sad, though? We're having exactly the same conversation that the investigators are having. Like they, they well, don't, Yeah, they, they've got to come they, up with theories and they, follow up. But they don't know any more than we do. Yeah, but they around. have they have some kind of evidence collected, right? Some sort of forensic, something to maybe not. run through a database, a lab. I, maybe all they have are the victim, the victim's blood. No, you know if he's this wearing, person didn't leave any imprint of their uh, their appearance in that house. If, nothing. If all he's wearing are gloves, I, I, if you tiptoed up the stairs and yeah, uh, no I, footprints. I don't know no. if there's any uh, OJ footprints left behind or <laughs> yeah. Look what happened there with all that evidence. A bloody sock. Uh, all right. Oh, look what we have here. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Uh, we have uh, 15 seconds of audio. Joe made an appearance today. I don't know what this was, but uh, somebody out there is really cheering for Joe. And uh, you'll hear how it went here. As my grandfather Finnegan would say, that's the Irish of it. Thank you all very much. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, finally, finally. Let's keep it going, okay? What the hell are you talking? So somebody yelled out, four yeah, more four years. Four years. And Biden mumbles, oh, I don't know about that. Look at that. A moment mm-hmm. of uh, clarity and honesty. I think he dropped out of the race. Thank, Thank you, you all very much. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. He is the kind of guy that just says what's right on his mind at the moment and... Yeah, maybe he really doesn't want to do maybe this was, for four he, more years. He's feeling tired, and you know it was nap nap time. He doesn't want to think about running for president again. All right, over to the animal activist table. Now here they are, Animal Rebellion. Has anybody ever heard of Animal Rebellion? It's a good name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their new st- stunt 
is entering high-end restaurants. They make reservations, and they're young people. I'm going to a picture of them. They sit down at the table, and their protest is about the inequality of high-end dining restaurants. It says here, they... That's a good cause. They outline the environmental costs of items on the restaurant's menu, including John's beloved steak and veal. And they talk about how much... I guess somebody comes here and videos them, because otherwise, who's going to cover this? Um, they talk about the costs of these types of foods. They're campaigning for a plant-based world, Woo! Deborah Mark. <laughs> a My <plant> people. <laughs> that's right. A plant-based world. Well, that's a lot of fun, huh? Yeah. This was a Gordon Ramsay restaurant in London. They're serving food costing a minimum of 155 pounds per person. Wow. More than 2 million people are relying on food banks in this cost-of-living crisis. Well, maybe those, those people ought to get a better job. Instead of restaurants making colossal profits at the expense of animals... Workers in our climate, we need to feed everyone by supporting farmers and fishing communities in a transition to a plant-based food system. Plant-based food systems require 75% less farmland to grow food. Mm, see? We could fill, feed millions of additional people. Mm. You know, I, I'd jump in front of a train if I woke up every day and all I could eat were plants. You're missing out, I'm telling you. I, I'm, not, I'm not pushing the veganism on you, but there are some really... You are. You're one click really, away from this crowd. No, no. I can tell you honestly, no, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. One of those people. But I wouldn't. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind a plant-based world, of plant course. Based. Well, I'm out of the plant-based world. Yeah, there's just no plant he likes. I'm, I'm. I mean, every day, every meal, plants. Okay, every day, every meal. Yeah. A burger, steak, a bagel, a burger, steak, a bagel. <laughs> What's the issue? <laughs> yeah, really. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> he ate a frosty yesterday, didn't he? <laughs> By the way, yeah, it's bagel, true. burger, steak. Yeah, bagel first in the morning. In oh, fact, right. burger at lunch. Mm, that okay. that's happens to be today's uh, menu for me. How did I know? Yeah. Wow. Oh, steak tonight? Steak tonight. I'm going out with my friends. and Oh, oh cigars? Wine? Huh? <laughs> Wine, definitely. Gossip? Huh? We're going to say... Yeah, they don't gossip. It's one of those guy-only evenings. Yeah, we're going to talk about all the idiots in the world. Yeah. All right, when we return, first thing we're going to do is update no, you on no, the no pasta women, No women allowed. I'm sure no woman would want to go. The Woman Haters Club. <laughs> uh, we'll give you the new totals on pasta uh, raised and cash. For the Pastathon, we'll talk to uh, Mark from the Auto Insurance Specialist, and they've been longtime donors to the Pastathon and Katarina's Club. Got a lot more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live on the 24 hour KFI News Center. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.